0: Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today, I'm joined by Nate Murray. Nate, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: So for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah. So I am the founder of a website called Newline, newline newline.co, and we help programmers be better at work. So- um, it kind of started out where i really struggled to learn how to program when i was a lot younger i think my programming career was set back by maybe 2 years because i couldn't understand how zero indexed arrays worked <laughs> and i felt like I don't a think lot of thi- yeah like a lot of things that i would read they just like used all these words i didn't understand what they meant i didn't even understand how to like run any of it and so sort of the f- the mission i guess with new line is to kind of show all the steps of how you learn how to do real world programming work yeah
0: so what are right i mean i think you've got pretty strong opinions about this like where do most other books and learning resources go wrong
1: i think it's just that it makes a lot of assumptions about what you already know ahead of time and then doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily show you how to uh like close those gaps so um I, I don't even think that it's deliberate. I think that actually what happens, is it's that classic curse of expertise.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so when someone starts writing something, they they forget what other people don't know, or they forget mm-hmm. what they had to learn to get to where they are today. And, and And also, I think it's just a lot of work to write down what you know in a very meticulous way you know you might find that the first so we edit a lot of books um and courses from authors and a lot of times what i'll find is that someone will do a really good job in their first chapter about there being like okay here's how you install npm and here is how you uh you know set up your initial like environment and then then they go to 60 miles an hour right away because to write something out at that level of detail is like it's almost grueling for the author and so I don't know, a lot of resources show that, which is that like to be meticulous all the way through is a lot of work. Uh, and so I think that's where a lot of educational material breaks down.
0: Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, obviously I've um, written uh, a couple of uh, books with you and yeah, I totally get that feeling. It's, it's a little bit like trying to run, but like your feet are tied together. You you really shouldn't be taking such big steps, but you, want to because that's how you're used to running and i i can i can understand that that yeah. Uh, issue
1: yeah i think that what happens is like well maybe i'm digging too in the weeds of like creating like writing a tutorial but i think what happens is is that you sort of get unsure as the writer you feel like you're going too slow and if you're writing something out and you feel like you're going too slow that's actually um probably the the right speed it's not uncommon for an author to to, to turn in a chapter or a lesson from me Um, And then I tell them they need to turn it into three chapters because they're just trying to cover too much, too much ground. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that's coming through, like running through my mind right now, then is that I think for, for a lot of developers, one of the the better things that you can do for your career is to write, um, get your name out there, uh, show a little bit more about, what you're capable of, and how you think. Uh, I think a lot of junior developers might be a little bit daunted um, thinking about writing a tutorial, Mm. but it's almost like what you're saying now is that may not be the worst time to, to even try to write one.
1: For sure. Okay, there's so much. So one is when you just learned something is the best time to write about it because you remember all of the things that you were tripped up on that in a year from now, you won't remember anymore. And so I think actually when you learn something, taking a lot of notes as you do it is a very good idea, particularly if you plan on writing, because then you, if you trip on something, someone else is gonna trip on it after you. So I think that's one aspect, which is like, take notes, your notes become the foundation for a really insightful blog post.
0: What's so funny, I just, I sorry, before you continue, what's yeah. so funny about that is what I see uh, reaction from a lot of junior devs is that when a junior dev trips on something, it's almost like the immediate reaction is like, oh my God, I can't believe I can't. Well, yeah. Like, I can't believe I did that. No one else would do this. This is, this is the problem with me, not the instructions or anything like that. And what's you, you, you talked about it casually, which is like, no, if you trip over it, someone else is going to trip over it. And I cannot, I cannot emphasize that Enough. just do not automatically assume that any documentation that you read or even books are going to be a hundred percent correct or even written clearly enough for someone who's inexperienced to understand like it is like if you trip over something it's probably because it wasn't written as well as it could be or like the instructions weren't as clear as they should be and if you can document that and do and and show how you got over them that's typically pretty valuable all right sorry
1: no it's fine it, yeah like i think if your code doesn't run sort of the like uh, hacker news commenting walrus is gonna say oh it's your fault the computer <laughs> the computer only does what you told it to, and so they're like gonna blame it blame it on you but there's a totally other real sense in which like if your code doesn't run it's like not really your fault like i've been programming for i don't even know like let's say 15 years. And this morning I struggled for like half an hour because I was like adding one in my test. Like I was like this number plus one. And then like the one actually was supposed to be a big number and not like just like a regular number. And so it's just mm-hmm. like, so you, like you're never, I guess what I'm getting at is you're never, your code's not going to run like the first time, like John Carmack's code doesn't run the first time. And that's just how. programming <laughs> is. <laughs> totally. So the other thing um, that I was going to say yeah. about like writing is um so part of it was just like going slow enough then the second thing was to write in the moment or at least take notes in the moment and the third thing was just that like um well there's maybe like four things actually the third thing was that like writing is really good for your career because if you think about like how many programmers there are like let's say there's like i don't know 5 million i don't really know and then like how many of them have ever, ever written blog posts probably like 300,000 and so like mm-hmm. right away even though 300,000 is a lot of people you're like automatically in this like top, you know, 10% of programmers. And if I want to like work with you, if I want to like collaborate with you or meet with you or hire you, if I can see just even one thing you've written. If I can watch a 2-minute video of you on YouTube talking about something, that is like I get to know who you are way better than just like if your resume ends up in my mailbox. Um and so I think just like talk just saying anything online and anyone comes across it, automatically gives you like a huge leg up over everyone else. Yeah, a
0: huge differentiator for sure.
1: And the last thing I'll say about this, which is like nothing is too simple. Um, there's a, a blogger that I'm sure you've come across. His name is Flavio Copes. And one of the things about Flavio is he writes these super short, like perfect blog posts. And if you Google like, uh, how do you like find the length of, a, of an array in JavaScript? And uh, uh, like a a beginner programmer, even a lot of advanced programmers might think, well, I'm not going to write about that. They already wrote about (laughs) that in the the MDN docs. They already wrote about that.
0: Okay. Dot length. Like I'm not, yeah,
1: not writing that. But guess what? You Google that Flavio Copes is like the number one post and he's got actually a bunch of other great posts. And like now everyone knows his name. He gets tons of traffic. He's able to sell his books. He's able to like, you know, I don't know what he does for work, but I think his posts are really good. I've actually found them to be super helpful, and what he does is he actually recognizes, like, yeah, maybe this idea is, is, quote unquote, simple, but it's still worth writing about because I can help someone who encounters this down the road. And so I think that's maybe the other part around like writing, which is like nothing is too simple; just write, and there's only benefits.
0: Yeah, I, 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 it's so interesting because that's the, like I know from myself that that the tendency is you want to, you always want to impress your your peers and the experts and the people that you look up to. Um, and there are so <laughs> there is like so so fewer of them. Like there you can you can count, you can count those those people. and there are tons of people who are who know less and the simple things. Uh, will help uh, a lot right and And, and the other part
1: part is that like i think we think we overvalue uniqueness Mm. like you can write a blog post on like how to run a closure web server on your arduino on your desk or whatever and like no one else has ever (laughs) written about that but like no one else has written about that because nobody cares like so don't like waste your time
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's an excellent point. Um, Okay, so if if uh, someone's listening, they happen to be a junior dev. Like what what would you recommend that they do? Like if they if they wanted to write a post so that they could differentiate themselves or a tutorial or do a video or or any of those things, like what would you tell them?
1: I think the first thing is like write at all, like write what you're doing and publish what you are learning. I do think that I do think that how it looks matters. So one of the things I also do want to say is like, you know, I said I'll write really simple blog posts like the length of an array in JavaScript. And obviously like you don't everything doesn't have to be like that. If you can write a really good tutorial that a lot of people are going to write, like, you should write that too. Because actually if I see so for example, um, I know that you've spoken to Amelia Wattenberger who we've Worked with together on um, like D3 blog posts. And if you look at Amelia's blog posts, they are just gorgeous and insightful. And she has like animations. And you just look at her blog post and you're like, okay, this is special. And it's done by someone who is smart and has good taste. Um, And so I think like that's kind of where you want to get to. Um, You want to get to that point where someone looks at your post and they're like, oh, I want to work with this person. Like I can tell that the person who, who made this has good taste. I can tell that the person who made this has like, thought about this. You want to get there, but it's a process. Um, so I think the first step is just like write anything at all. I think the second step is you need to have somebody else look it over. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I think one thing is like having really just anyone else, anyone who knows how to edit things. I think you want to be careful not to include too many things in one post. There's, I don't know, there's a whole set of like editorial guidelines that maybe that's not what you're asking, but... Um, I mean,
0: I think I think it's it's one of those things that we, you know, we just talked about the benefits. We talked about how it doesn't, it actually is a really good fit for a junior because you are learning things and the best time to, to write is like while you're learning. And so I'm just trying to, to, you know, you are a professional expert on this. And so I was just
1: trying well, to... Give 18. the why, that's, the, <laughs> that's maybe like the main thing that like everything is lacking, which is like, give, give the why. Mm. So many tutorials, if you just read them on like Dev or Hacker Noon or whatever, they'll be like, these are the commands to run and like, why? And I think if you can sort of, one of the, like a template that you can follow that always wins is like, here's what I was trying to do, here's where, how I did it the hard way and it made my life bad.
0: <laughs>
1: and here's how I did it this better way. And this is why it's better. And like, I if love you that. Fo- Yeah. If you follow that, you'll have like a good blog post every time.
0: Yeah. I, um, so for JSLA and uh, the other event, monthly event that I run spec LA um, people, you know, we've got speakers and mm-hmm. so I'm always trying to talk to them about how to structure their talk. And mm-hmm. one of the things I always want from them is, uh, is a story and you probably like this got really fashionable um i think yeah. maybe like I, I don't know how it just became canon advice but um i think I, I think for me when i would always hear like oh make it a story it's like okay but what is that what does that mean necessarily and, that, and there are structures to it and kind of what you you had just said reminds me of the advice or or i guess maybe advice or necessarily what like i tell people to do but you know i like the format of of what was what was the baseline like what was what was normal like what was what what was the setting and then like what happened like what were you trying to do like so you were you were moseying along and then your boss tells you to do something or you're moseying along and you uh something annoyed you and so this this inciting event now makes you want to either fix it make your boss happy uh, fix some problem that you were having or add some feature to to an app that, that was annoying you. So it's like, what did you want to do to get it? And then now you're you're on this journey. So what what did you try? And then you can try the the naive approach or the you know the the thing that some random person on Reddit suggests. And then you can talk about the failure. Uh, so it's like what did you try? And then and then why that went wrong. And then you can like what you tried again and how that went right. And then, you know, you wrap it up. and like, okay, this is why it worked. This is what I learned. If I could go back in time, this is what I would tell myself. Uh, and I think that structure can work really well. Now, I don't know if it... I mean, actually, I'd be curious to get your opinion about this. When, when I'm telling people how to give talks, I'm trying to get them to really bring in emotion because I feel like that's what people connect with. Like if they can... Like while they're giving the talk, just they're describing normal and the instigating event. They can sort of say like, you know, it was so frustrating, like I couldn't get this to work and it made me really want to find a way to X or, you know, my boss came in. He was, you know, all upset about this thing. And I was like, uh oh, here we go again. And it it helps the the audience connect to the speaker. Is that important in a tutorial? Is that something that you care about or is that just fluff uh, for this type of writing?
1: I don't think it's fluff. But I think that like, um, you know, I don't know if,
0: if, (laughs) is it it like the, the, the paragraphs in front of like a recipe on like a recipe blog? That's
1: exactly the example I was going to say you don't want, right? Like, yeah, you don't want to have like a life story about why you like buttermilk biscuits or your kid's favorite, but yeah. So, but I do think that providing the why is like super important. Like if I land on a blog post and they're like, oh, install this like JSX Babel plugin. And you're like, why? Like, mm-hmm. why do I have to do this? Like, what if, what if I don't, what if I didn't do this? What, what was the way that I do it before? And if, if you can explain that, I think it'll help a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then,
0: yeah, I kill, I still kind of want to paint a picture of like what the next step is. If someone's listening to this and they're all fired up, like, mm-hmm. is it? just get a medium account and write something? Is it, is it, I guess it's more like take notes and then outline like, yeah, what would, what would be like Mm -hmm. a good beginner approach for someone who, who hasn't done this before? And I, and I understand so much of it is, you know, just, just do anything. Like if you're, you're, if you want to get in shape, like the first step is just go run outside. Like, don't, don't like buy expensive equipment or anything like that. Just like get into the habit first, but I'm still kind of curious what, what maybe some easy first steps would be for someone trying to get into this.
1: I'm a big fan of like making progress through like deconstruction. So what I mean is um, you like, I don't know, you imagine like, Oh, I wish I could play guitar. And like, there's kind of no such thing as like playing guitar. It's sort of, there's like specific songs. Maybe you're going to make up your own song when you're for learning in the beginning, but more than likely you're actually like, no, I want to be able to play, you know, Stairway to Heaven or something. Like there's like a specific song that you have in your head. You're like, oh, I want to play like Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. And so then like, okay, I'll take it out of analogy, like blog post. You, there are blog posts that you have read that you thought were good or that you bookmarked and you like love or you shared. But that's different than like really looking at it and be like, how do they do this? Mm. Like, what are they saying here? It, like if you, were try to, if you were to try to highlight it and you'd be like, what's the introduction? Like what's sort of the supporting statement? Where's the problem statement? Where are the examples? How are they walking through it? And sit down and do that for like three blog posts that you like, like three people that you wanna be like them. Um, and so yeah, we could say, oh, sign up for Ghost, sign up for WordPress, Medium, Dev, whatever. Like there's, you know, pick your blog post. I guess what you, like you said, you don't want to do is be like, oh, I want to start blogging. Like I'm going to make a custom Gatsby, thing, you, know, <laughs> you know, and so like, that's yeah. what we can do. Like just write the thing been there. Yeah. been there. Yeah. Just write the thing. Not a new blogging platform. Um,
0: How's your blogging platform going? Yeah, I know.
1: right <laughs> uh, Which one, right? Um, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything more specific than that. Like I don't have like an outline, like your first blog post outline. Maybe I should write that. Like we have guidelines on like how to make a great blog post on Newline, but nobody reads them. They're too long. (laughs) So maybe brevity is also important in a a first blog post. (laughs) I need an editor for my blog post.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, cool. So I I think if anyone, uh, if anyone listening is is fired up on this and i and i hope you are I, I i cannot stress enough of how about uh stress enough how much of a differentiator this is and how not restricted this is to to being super senior i think it is a big advantage to doing this like while you're learning so Hopefully, you just sign up for Medium or Ghost. Uh, try not to get hit by decision paralysis on the blogging platform, or use it as an excuse to to write your own. And um, yeah, I'll put in the i'll put i'll put in the show notes a link to the to the the, the New Line uh, since blog. Article.
1: Since we're on this topic, I think like one of the one of the like meta questions is like, how do I know who to listen to? And I actually have interacted with plenty of people who they have like no social, like no social presence at all. No blog posts, barely any GitHub, if any, no Twitter really. And they're super successful. And then you look at their like LinkedIn or whatever, and they're like, oh, they went to Stanford and they like work at Twitter and now they work at Google. And like, there is sort of like an inside track of people that might sort of tell you like, oh, you don't need to blog, just like, you know just pass the algorithms interviews for fan companies and like if you are that person like if you went to stanford then that will work for you like just the fact that you went there will get you kind of in the door for a job that you want but i think that like the blogging really helps
0: so real sorry nate real quick for those people though are they active on like internal google um lists like are they building up like are they just doing it like in a way that that's invisible to the outside world or are they just straight up just not doing any of this? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, no, it's
1: fine. I I think that like one, I just think that like this advice that you should write is, it's like this alternative track because uh, in a lot of ways, like basically the the reason that you write, the reason that you should like tweet or blog is so that way you can find other like-minded people. Um, It's less about... You know, the way to think about social interactions is the uh, like social media interactions is the same way you should think about social interactions, which is to say, if someone is like self-focused and self-serving and self complimenting mm. in their mm. e- real world interactions, you're not going to want to be around them. And similarly, if you do the same thing on social, if the only time you tweet is when you're like announcing your new blog post or something good about yourself, no one's going to follow you it's it's really about like being valuable to other people um and then you can meet other people that are interested in the same thing yeah yep
0: I think that I think that's that's great so speaking of other successful devs i think you've you've certainly um become close to worked with uh, a, a whole lot of them by this point have there have there been any notable qualities that any of them have that that mm. you've just than like oh that that is really important or, or
1: yeah okay so this is less about writing and let's just talk about like general effectiveness mm-hmm. um one of the biggest things is they don't let they 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 don't they don't trip over small roadblocks and then just like give up mm. the so okay so one of the things that we've kind of done in our business is we write new courses or we write new books. And there are certain people that we work with who, um, if they have any questions at all, they stop working completely. Like, if they have a question and it doesn't get answered for two weeks, they don't do anything for two weeks. <laughs> and um,
0: so I'm laughing just I, I, I definitely see this with with devs on on my teams. It drives me crazy
1: for sure. And then there are other people where like if I never if I like signed like saying like, yeah, we're going to do a course and I never talk to them again, they would finish the course like they would be like mad at me for not maybe doing my part of the deal. But they're just like so relentless. at, at at like being like, well, he didn't make a decision on this, so I'm going to make a decision and I'm going to move forward. That like, I almost wouldn't have to help them and it would happen anyway. Um, and so I like, gosh, I just love working with people like that because then when you do give them the help, they're like even that much more effective. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I I think there was another episode of, of the show where, um, you know, from the perspective of an engineering manager, it was sort of like, okay, what what are the qualities of someone you want on your team? And yeah, like as an engineering manager, if you have someone on your team that if they need something or like that they get blocked easily and you're just not around and you've got other things to do and you come back two weeks later and like nothing's done, like you you hate seeing that. The, the right. ideal person on the teammate is that, if they just you didn't see them for a couple of months, they were proactive and they just found things to do and and deliver value. So I completely agree with that. I think uh, I think my wife coined the phrase uh, "convenient helplessness," which is yeah. you you right. just something blocks you and you just choose to to make that a big deal. And you 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 actually brought up what is usually the solution is you just. You just have to act as if they you have a solution. You just got to pick one. You got to be like, OK, well, they could answer it in one of three ways. I think this is the most likely or this is the one that I like the most. It's going to make my life the easiest and they're not here. And so and they could choose it. So I'll just pick that one. And and if if when I do talk to them, they don't like it. Well, then there's some things I'm going to have to change, but I'm not going to have to throw out all the work that I've done I can I can move ahead. I love that. I love that one.
1: Totally. Yeah, exactly. If I have if I'm working with someone and they have a question and for whatever reason I'm, you know, whatever, I'm not available to to meet right then, if that person, if like my that junior dev were to be like, "Hey, there are these three options. I considered these three. I talked to someone else or whatever." You know, you write down the list. These are the three bullets. I chose bullet 2, and that's what I worked on. And then we meet and then like, I wish they'd chosen Bullet one. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be mad because I'm going to be like, well, at least you thought through it, and you like sent me an email saying this is what we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. there's no like bad outcome there.
0: Yeah, I, you know, you just brought up another great point too, which is that if you have the the reasoning too, like if you show what went into the decision and why, like if you yeah. can back up your choice yeah. as well, like after the fact. That's also huge because whoever is, is I guess, like blocking you or you're waiting on their decision, you know, they, they may not be as close to the problem as you are anyway. And they might have the experience of if they have all the information, they can make a snap judgment that that takes into account um, past experience. But uh, oftentimes they may not have all the information. And so if you just present them after the fact, this is why I made this decision. These are the disadvantages of the ones that I didn't choose. You might just convince them then and there to be like, Oh yeah, you, ma- you actually made the right choice. Yeah. So I, lo- I, man, I love that. Um, so, uh, another question, because this is, this is certainly, uh, your wheelhouse, um, on the, on the other side. So not so much teaching, but for learning and, um, maybe like growing as a developer, like, have you come across techniques or perspectives of, of how to do that better?
1: Oh yeah. I love this. So the, one of my sort of anchor principles is that everything becomes more interesting, the closer that you look at it. Um, Mm. and so, you know, um, there is this like educational uh, theory. I, I forget exactly what they call it. I think they might have actually called it deep learning, but it's not like deep learning uh, from like the machine learning aspect, but it's this idea of um like deeply learning one uh one idea. Um I don't know how, how it's pronounced, but it's like uh learn, learning. I don't know actually how to say the word. Okay. We can the, we can link to it. Yeah, in you, the, you can link it. Uh, But the idea is is this idea of like natural learning and that like, so there's this theory of kids education where you say like they would assign children in kindergarten a topic, like you're assigned an apple. And one of your classes for all 12 years of schooling is to study the apple. (laughs) And so in the beginning, it's like, okay, apples are fruit that grow on trees. But then like, as you get older, you start to understand seeds. And then like, as you get older, you look at like, um, like different types of grafting, or you look at sort of like the biology of the cells of trees and like, why can trees live for like thousands of years? And that gets you interested in, you know, there are all these aspects that if you just, you could study trees and all the different variations of apples. And I mean, you um, can
0: even get into commerce and apple industry exactly and how
1: applesauce works and the like yeah how why the they release gas and ruin the other apples like what is that you know there's like so much there so okay the analogy is basically that if you and then by the time you graduate you know as much as anyone does about apples and you've also learned all these ancillary things like biology and agriculture and you know the business or whatever programming is a lot the same way um you, especially when you're younger, there is like too much noise. You look at, you know, uh, the web developer's syllabus or something. And it's this page that has (laughs) like 600- diabolical.
0: Yeah, line items. It is diabolical.
1: And each one of those line items is like a full-on like Udemy course. And you're like, I can't learn this. Like it, it would take me a lifetime. And so, like, don't get stressed about that. Nobody understands at all. That's not a big deal. So, really, what you need to do is just literally pick one thing and understand it super deeply. Um, like, pick, you know, React or whatever. Like, you do need kind of like a decision making um, guideline, which is maybe a little bit separate. Which is like, you need to have a way to independently understand like what is popular. So you should be able to look up data, like looking at Google keywords or like looking at Stack Overflow trends. Like there are ways to get data about what is popular. And that's important when you're early to look, because you want to be studying something that there's like jobs for that intersects with what you're interested in. So first things first is like, try to understand how to find if something's popular or not. But then from there, literally just like pick one thing and don't like, don't read Twitter. Don't look at Hacker News or Reddit, (laughs) like spend your month only learning that one thing and not like getting FOMO about all the other like new stuff that's coming out. And that will really help because you'll learn about all these other like adjacent technologies while you're, while you're working through your one thing. That's the first piece of advice.
0: Yeah, that FOMO is really dangerous. Actually, the the last talk I gave is how to get a better job without learning another framework. And it is really all about resisting the new and shiny Twitter
1: hacker news type of deal. Yeah, that stuff will just make you feel bad about yourself because you're seeing everyone else's peaks, right? You're seeing everyone's highlights every day. And it feels like
0: it's a very warped view of what's going on. Um, so, do, so was there, was there another part of, uh, of, of how to learn and, and grow better? Or is that just like, that's the the main, the main one,
1: the other part is take notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this depends on who you are. I know I have like coworkers or friends or whatever who have a much better memory than I do. And this maybe is if you have a super good memory, maybe this doesn't work for you. I have the memory of like, a memento man or like dory and so (laughs) like being able honestly being able to just take notes helps me keep a train of thought um i can i can learn much more deeply and have a much deeper like follow arguments more deeply um if i'm taking notes while i'm doing it so Mm -hmm. my maybe classic advice here is i would take a look at um the work tiago forte is doing with building a second brain um, they have a podcast. He has a podcast with David Perel. Um, it's called building a second brain. Super, the whole podcast is like an hour. It's super great. Um, and I, um, this year I think is when I've been really disciplined about it and it's totally changed. Um, my work, my output, my like, uh, just ability, be ability to be productive, um, mm-hmm. as a creative person just totally changes. The basic idea there is that any sort of interesting idea you have you write it down. And then when it comes time to write this blog post, comes time to give a speech, write a tweet or whatever, you actually have this raw material. You're not starting with a blank page. You have raw material that you're working from and it makes it a lot easier. Similarly, if you're learning a lot of new things and you have notes and you can kind of cross-reference those notes with something that you've learned, um, it will really help. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like uh, Seinfeld talking about him writing every day, and mm. that's where the you know I think a popularization of "Don't Break the Streak" came from. So right. I do want to come back to to something else that you you mentioned a little bit briefly. Um, so yeah, how to choose what to learn? So technologies come and go. Uh, I think it, it's pretty daunting um, for someone who who wants to. To specialize because they they hear that that is important, but they worry that they're going to choose incorrectly. Now, I don't think that you're going to have a magic answer of here's here's how to choose a technology that's going to last. But I do want to know what would go into your thinking or your evaluation of new tech and deciding whether or not that's something that that is going to endure.
1: Yeah, I think there's basically three areas you want to look at. One is just data, two is interest, and then three is the culture. Um, and then the like, sub-point of all of this is when you learn new stuff, it gets easier. So let's circle back on those. I think the first thing is just about data. Presumably, you want to become a programmer for one of two reasons. Probably the biggest reason is you want to get a job as a programmer or you have a job as a programmer. Um And then maybe the second reason you just have something that you want to do. Um, And so the first thing is like, understand where the data is around what's popular. Okay, why should you care about what's popular? This is another thing. So We talked about this earlier, like some programmers, they're just like hell-bent on being unpopular, like hipster programmers. They want to use- This is the uniqueness, yeah. Yeah, ignore them. Because you want to actually be part of the biggest group you can, because let's take JavaScript, for instance, you have this massive library of, I don't know, it's probably millions of open source libraries that is code that other people have written that you can use completely for free. Now, is that going to have great documentation all the time? No. Is it going to have be bug free all the time? No. But. It's a huge leg up on your productivity versus if you use some brand new language. If you are a junior- yeah, time is scarce, like
0: yeah. y- y- like if you have to write everything from scratch all the time, um, there might be some cases where you want to do that, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pony up for it with your time, and that's that's a resource you want to be careful with.
1: Exactly. You know, I make fun of like the closure example, and that's because that's who I was. Like 10 years ago, we tried to use Clojure when you and I worked together, actually. <laughs> that's um, right. And it was, I feel like it's a great language. There's lots of great, like, I love it. I think it's a good language. But the fact of the matter is, is something that you could just like NPM install in JavaScript might take you a week or a month to build because just like literally no one's done it before. You're the first person to do it. And that's uh, just a waste of your time when what you're actually trying to do is like, have an effect on the world. Um, so you need to know where you can get the data. So Google Trends, you know, is an uh, like easy place. You can compare the trends. You know, look at React. You're like people ask us all the time. Should I use learn React, Angular, Vue, Svelte? Like, mm-hmm. what should I learn? Type that into Google keywords, and you'll like immediately see like, oh, you should learn React. Like, if you mm-hmm. if you if you literally don't care between one or the other, and you just want a job, you should learn React or maybe Angular. Um, There's another one called the Stack Overflow Survey. They run a survey every year. There's a state of JS survey. There's a state of CSS survey. You know, for whatever sort of your niche that you kind of realize, go find the data. You at least need to know that going into the next two, which is like, what are you interested in? And that also relates to culture, um, which is that like certain, you can do machine learning in JavaScript. You might be like, oh, look, Google made TensorFlow for JavaScript. See, you can do machine learning in JavaScript. No like what in 2021 (laughs) right now, you cannot do machine learning in JavaScript. You need to use Python um, and if you're just learning because Python is where there's a whole ecosystem of machine learning libraries. That's what researchers are using. That's what all the tutorials are gonna be in. Um, So if you wanna learn machine learning in 2021, you need to learn Python. Um, And I think like it can take some time to kind of recognize that like the communities that have like different applications. If you want to like work for a big enterprise company, maybe you want to look at C# and .NET. So, um yeah, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I if, because you touched on on JavaScript and um uh that's a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh your caveat was an important one. Um the it's almost like regardless of the tech or the language and its capabilities, you you really you're kind of buying into a community and the communities have strength and scale and also personalities and those things are are important to pay attention to and so one of the, like, I'm just going to try not to step onto a soapbox about JavaScript, but um, one of the neat things about JavaScript is you can use it for literally everything, right? With Electron, you can do desktop apps and React Native, you can do mobile apps. And obviously it's king of web apps and so on and so forth. It also has its uh, fingers into crypto and IoT and machine learning. However, you know, it's probably best to come at machine learning in JavaScript from being well-versed in like well-versed with machine learning's home turf, which would be something like Python. Um, and so I, I, I completely, completely agree with that as much as I want to push, uh, JavaScript for, for everything.
1: Yeah. I love JavaScript. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's so, it's so interesting to me thinking about like, okay, how do you predict the future? Right. And then there's, there's like within the world of JavaScript, it's okay. So you, you mentioned Svelte, that seems to be like an up and coming one. Um, and like, would you start working on that? And it's like, you gotta, you gotta understand what your goals are. And I think your advice to really not pick too small of a, of a community, try not to be too hipster, or too unique is that's an important, that's an important thing to keep in mind, um, at least in the beginning.
1: Yeah. And I think that's is a good segue into the last point, which is just that um, it gets easier to learn new stuff as you go. Like, let's say that like the maximum effort to learn something for you is like a hundred, maybe learning your first programming language, let's just say the language is like 90 in -hmm. terms of effort, because like you don't know how to program. And then now you learned like JavaScript. That is a huge effort. But then like to learn like your second language, like Python, the effort that for that is maybe like 40, like way lower, way, way lower. Mm-hmm. And then the effort to learn your next language is like maybe a 10. And then after that, you can like you can just like read the docs in an afternoon and then get like a working knowledge of of a new language. It will not take you that long. So I think there's the reason I bring that up is because I think that there's a fear. It's like, oh, what if I learn the wrong programming language? Like who cares? You learned a programming language. Which is like, t- that's the zero to one. Mm-hmm. And totally. you're going to find it so much easier when you're like, ah, I wish I didn't spend all that time learning C-sharp when I really realized my true love is like Python or something. Um, yeah,
0: actually kind of the like <laughs> oddly makes me think of Docker containers. That's sort of like having to learn JavaScript or Python. It's almost this thin layer over a larger foundation. And so when you learn it from the first time, you're not actually just learning JavaScript, you're learning how to use IDEs, and you're learning to use the command line, and you're learning about more fundamental computer
1: science topics. how to think. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, how to think that way, how computers execute instructions, and all of this stuff that, when you then go to do the same thing for Python, you're, you're, there's so much less there. And that's kind of the same thing with like machine learning or, or AI. It's almost you want to learn that first in a community that's very supportive, very big, has a lot of people who have uh, like walked that path before, a well-worn like path with like, it's very clear, um, rather than trying to bushwhack it on the JavaScript side, which like very few people have done. Uh, and then by the time, you then want to apply it to JavaScript, if for whatever reason that's what you want to do. Then there's only a very thin layer on top that you have to learn, which is just the like the differences to to make it work in in JavaScript, which is going to be a much lighter lift, and you you won't need a huge community to make that easier, which you would have on the on the Python side. I like that a lot. Well, Nate, uh, this has been fantastic. I I love talking to you. Uh, where can Likewise. people find out more about you online?
1: Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at fullstack.io, or you can visit our website, newline.co, or send me an email. My email is nate at fullstack.io. If you have any questions about how to write blog posts or how you should structure it, shoot me an email. By the time you hear this, I'm sure I will have some better ideas.
0: <laughs> awesome and uh and i think you just launched a, a new course that's available as well video course
1: yep with amelia wattenberger we launched a new course called uh the full stack d3 Masterclass. she is just fantastic it covers not only uh how to learn the fundamentals of d3 uh which most people learn by copying and pasting which is super frustrating so she mm-hmm. walks you through like how to do it um, and then even goes through like how to design it to make it look good and yeah she's just um, super super talented.
0: Yeah, I would I would actually really recommend checking out that course even if you don't particularly think that data visualization is useful for you or like you need you need that for a particular job. Um what I really like about it is this the way that that you can iterate on it. It's very visual. You know when you're on the right track um and then also getting getting that from uh amelia uh she has a very good design sense and i think that is also a huge differentiator for developers just a little bit will go such a long way as you present yourself so highly encourage checking that out
1: it's Uh, newline.co slash fullstack dash d3
0: cool i will put all of that in the show notes so you can click on a link uh Perfect. Nate, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for Junior to Senior.